Welcome to WDFG, broadcasting Dear Final Girl, the advice and horror podcast where we dish on life and other scary movies. Every final girl has a story. So does her Jason, her Freddy, her Michael. So do we horror fans. This episode is part of our adjunct series, Origin Stories, where horror fans recount the horror movie memories that made them who they are today. Hello, Final Dear. Hello, Final Dear. How are you? I'm good. I, I think this is now two shows in a row where I've said Final Dear instead of Final Girl, but um, that's okay. It's very heartwarming, and I like it. And I, <laughs> I actually have noticed because I was tongue-tied because I'm so excited about this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Woo-hoo. Uh, this is one of our origin story episodes uh, where we take a break from the letters, but we dive into uh the experiences of of what makes someone a horror fan and we um this week we have a really awesome submission um from lady shasha and you may know her on twitter uh by her handle at horror freak and freak is spelled f-r-e-q she also has a channel on youtube called what did i just watch and this episode is just a cornucopia of 80s drive-in, latchkey kid, <laughs> the power of VHS, and horror running in the family, <laughs> and extremely importantly, um, the importance, the, the growing importance, and I would say always the importance of women's voices in horror, especially uh, women of color. Yeah. Um, so this is this is just a doozy of a origin story. So as yeah. as Stefan would say, this one has everything. I love it. We may have to tweet a Stefan link. Yeah. <laughs> this... I'm writing that down right now. Okay. Um, this story has everything. I think um, the one thing that we forgot to do is uh, introduce ourselves. I'm Tamara. And I'm Lori. And we are Dear Final Girl. And um, so let's, do you want to hear from Lady Shasha right away? Let's do it. All right. Hello, I'm Lady Shasha, mistress of the snark from whatdidijustwatch.com, and this is my origin story. Horror has been a part of my life since I have had conscious memory. I was a toddler in footy pajamas in the back of a van, drifting in and out of sleep to Alien, and later on John Carpenter's The Thing. Those are literally the first two movies I remember seeing. Those two and Empire Strikes Back. Growing up, I got to see a lot of horror movies at the theater or at the drive-in. The drive-in we went to most was the Harford drive-in, which actually wasn't in Harford. It was on a Berlin Turnpike in Newington. Hey, most of Magic Kingdom is actually in Kissimmee, Florida, not Orlando, but don't tell anyone. I saw Ghostbusters sitting on a swing set in front of a drive-in movie screen in 1984 while wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt at that drive-in. I even got to see David Cronenberg's remake of The Fly in the theater for my birthday one year. As a Lashkey kid, cable television was a big part of my growing up and I was pretty fortunate to have my own TV in my room with all the movie channels. The HBO premiere movie instrumental with the overhead shot of the neighborhoods was something special to me. It introduced me to classics like Evil Dead and Hellraiser. 
Another great thing about growing up in the 80s were the horror movie hosts. Joe Bob Briggs, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Dr. Atomic, and Commander USA introduced me to classic B-movies like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Blood Feast, Basket Case, and The Tosca Adventure. And they made it cool to be a horror fan. Reading was also a great gateway to horror for me. I remember being in the cafeteria in sixth grade and we were talking about books that we were reading. The other kids at the table were talking about the Babysitter's Club and Ramona the Pest. I was talking about Pet Cemetery. I could talk forever about horror fiction, but in the interest of keeping this short, I'll just say thank you Stephen King, Dean Koontz, Octavia Butler, Anne Rice, and Clive Barker for giving me something great to stay up past my bedtime for. Speaking of reading, by the time I was in middle school, I had discovered Fangoria and Gore Zone magazines and was a full-blown horophile and gore connoisseur. I was very fortunate to grow up in a part of central Connecticut where I could ride my bicycle to several mom-and-pop video stores. We had a blockbuster video, and just saying that makes me almost smell the popcorn they used to sell at the register. But I was introduced to some real gems at the independent video stores, like Bad Taste, Curtains, and Eyes of Fire, which I rented off the strength of the VHS cover art alone. Another cool thing about where I grew up in Connecticut is that I lived on Elm Street at the time A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 came out. We even had a neighbor named Freddy. He was a nice quiet guy with a jerry curl, but I digress. What's interesting about my love of horror is that it is inherited. My great-grandmother saw all the Universal Monster movies in the theaters during their first run. My grandmother watched the Hammer Horror movies the same way and her all-time favorite show is Dark Shadows. Fun fact, I got to go to the Lockwood Matthews Mansion in Norwalk, Connecticut for a fashion show. It was used to film many of the interior scenes from Dark Shadows and House of Dark Shadows. It felt super haunted. If it wasn't for my grandmother, I probably wouldn't know anything about Dark Shadows among other horror classics. The first time I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it was with my grandmother. I watched the first Saw movie with my grandfather and I remember him saying, that was a dang good movie. It was and still is. Thanks to my parents, I was exposed to sci-fi horror like The Thing, The Blob, and The Fly. That goes for the original 1950s versions and the remakes. I'm so thankful that I was able to have an appreciation for both the original drive-in classics and the 80s remakes. They also took me to see sci-fi classics like Dune, Robocop, and Predator at Buster's Pub and Cinema. It was like a Connecticut version of the Alamo Draft House. I will always be grateful for being able to see those movies on the big screen. And being there that time we saw Terminator 2 and that one drunk guy ran down the middle of Main Street in East Hartford imitating the police officer from T2 right after the movie. At one point, my mother had a collection of over 800 movies. So many that she typed up a catalog of her movies. I used to discover movies just by them being in her collection. That's how I stumbled onto black horror classics like Blackula, its sequel Scream, Blackula Scream, and The Beast Must Die. As a teenager in college, can you guess where I worked? No, not the video store, the movie theater. I worked at Showcase Cinemas East for the free movies. Later, I worked at Real Artways, which was an art house cinema gallery and coffee shop in Hartford, Connecticut. Isn't that so 90s college student? That introduced me to international movies and more experimental horror and sci-fi. Since then, my love of horror has only grown. I love the creativity that goes into the stories, the production design, and most of all, the effects. I started my YouTube channel to talk about horror because I watch horror movies almost daily. I noticed that at the time I started my channel, there were not too many horror reviewers who were women and less were women of color. I'm happy to say that this is changing and that the voices talking about horror and being involved in making of horror are becoming more and more diverse and I'm happy to be a part of that. Wow, that 
it was just so intense. Yes, like you said, as Stefan would say, this one has everything. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. And, you know, the thing that has struck me about the different origin story episodes we've done is how many elements um, people share. Yeah. Um, you know, the... the um, the, the power of HBO and cable television, mm -hmm. um, how influential those VHS covers were. Yes. Um, like, like, like Shasha said, you know, choosing movies on the strength of the cover alone, because that's what you have. We didn't have IMDb. We didn't even have the internet. We didn't have Rotten Tomatoes. We didn't mm -hmm. have places where we could go to have someone tell us whether something was worth watching or even you know, get a basic understanding of plot. I mean, we discovered all of those things on our own and, yeah. and, and the, just the power of those images was our guide. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> that reminds me totally off topic, but have you seen the, um, visual things where they show, um, all of the movie posters that look exactly the same these days like that there are basically three movie posters you know it's the man and woman back to back you know showing like the face off or the um uh, one person with the smoke and the city behind them or something like that it's it's just um those things are that's not how it used to be. Like I can remember the VHS um, cover for like a Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. You're not gonna see anything <laughs> like that these days, you know? Yeah, absolutely not. And I mean, I think even as, as horror really proliferated, especially in the 80s, I think that some of the posters prob or the posters and the VHS covers kind of started to follow themes like this is a tangent as well, but in um, um, the book by Grady Hendrix, uh, Paperbacks from Hell, you know, that's all about like the pulp horror fiction of the 70s and 80s. Uh -huh. And it really features, you know, I'm basically the equivalent, the cover art. Yeah. Um, and you could see how it evolved you know, like raised lettering, cutouts, holographic stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, you know, they've pulled out all <laughs> the stuff. And so did those VHS covers, for sure. That's like, um, like Lady Shasha says, um, the Dean Koontz books. Like, I remember having Dean Koontz books around my house. And, yeah, with the raised cover or, like, the cutouts and, like, they they were too scary for me at the time. Like a lot of those um, covers were too scary. And then of course I'd go and pick up Stephen King. Like what a, what a crazy. Um, but I mean this I love the um, inherited love of horror great grandma was watching the original monster movies grandma was watching yeah. dark shadows grandpa watched saw with her 
Um, and her parents were watching those sci-fi horror flicks. Like all of that, um, you know, some people come to horror on their own and build up an appreciation and then other people, it's just, you know, you're born into the dynasty. <laughs> that's, that's. You are, you, you are, you are born in, it is, it is nature and nurture. Mm -hmm. And I think that while we've had other episodes, other origin stories where people have talked about, um, you know, the, the, that they inherited the love, you know, the love of horror from a relative. I mean, this is like three generations, the four generations. Four generations, yeah. Great grandparents, grandparents, parents, and then now Lady Shasha. Um, that really, you know, <clears throat> pardon me. We started out the <clears throat> the episode talking about the the similarities in origin stories, which is really cool. But like you said, the inherited horror, like the depth of the lineage of the inherited yeah. horror, horror for Shasha really stands out. The other thing to me that really stood out was she really rooted me in the places where she grew mm -hmm. up, mm -hmm. like various places in Connecticut, the local video stores. Yep the the local cinemas um the drive-ins i mean again and again she kept taking us back to um to place right um this i mean really really strong sense of place that i thought was amazing it's just good storytelling let me <laughs> you know yes. she's she's great writer um the footy pajamas i think you um you previewed this in a tweet the other day, but I was like, footy pajamas in a in the back of a van, but it makes total sense. Like the drive-in theater and like <clears throat> having your first conscious memory be, and I can see that, uh, you know, watching Alien and the Thing with your parents where, you know, in the little car, or the van, you know, it's enclosed, it feels really safe, but then also sort of this like scary and affecting movie going on in the background. Like I can see that that would implant itself pretty uh, deeply in your psyche. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's like, there is like the power of the drive-in, the way the audio sounds, the flickering lights, being in the dark in your yeah. car around all of these other, with all of these other people around. And I mean, what a, just like you said, implanting itself in her mind. I mean, what you, she, she had no, she did not have a chance. She did not have a chance. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was going to happen. Fan regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have taken some pretty impressive uh, deprogramming on her part. Is that the right word? I don't know. Um, I also, but I really like, you know, I, I felt this, the reading part where her yeah. friends were reading, you know, Babysitter's Club and she's reading Pet Cemetery. Like I, I was that same girl. I read Babysitter's Club because, you know, it was around the house, but I also read 
pet cemetery because it was around the house, you know? Um, And so, like, I can also see how living in and around Hartford on Elm Street, where when... Freddie, he was a very nice guy. Very yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. That was amazing. Like, you know, all of these things are lining up. And what this story also tells me is that she was paying attention. Like, Absolutely. the detail of this... Um, and the descriptions, watching Ghostbusters on a swing set in her Ghostbusters t-shirt, like that's, you know, that's childhood goals right there. But those, those little details really like, I didn't go to a drive-in until I was an adult, but I felt all of these things. Me too. I did not go to a drive-in until I was an adult either. And I think, um, Like, I'm so jealous of so many things. Um, The the possibility as as an adolescent of having a TV in my own room. Oh, my God. That had, like, where I had cable and HBO. I mean, my parents were way too strict Mm -hmm. uh, for anything like that. And, you know, I couldn't have had a TV in my room anyway, because I just, I don't think we had the money. (laughs) I'm just, and, and the other thing, the other thing that really impressed me, and I feel like I live vicariously through these stories because I would have loved to have already have discovered Fangoria and Gorezone mm-hmm. when I was in middle school. And she said by that time, she was already a full-blown horrorphile and gore connoisseur. And that that is fantastic. I did notice, um, you know, she talked about um, how much she's drawn to effects. And I, I think that's unique. I think that's unique to call out as well. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a, a, a little bit older. Um, you, it's like historically in horror, it seemed like certain things belonged more in, in a male realm and other things in a female realm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, but when people share their stories, you know, it, you know, especially women and the gore and the effects, are such a strong part of what appeals to them and what they're passionate about. Like, I just, I really dig that. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, But I think some of that comes from sort of those sci-fi lineage, you know, watching the thing, the blob, the fly, like all of that, you know, there has to be the suspension of belief Uh, or the suspension of disbelief. Um, And all of that, I think, builds an appreciation for some of those effects because um, when they're done well, like Alien, when it's done well, it is terrifying. 
but you know, like a attack of the killer tomatoes when it's done poorly, it's hilarious. Um, and both of those things have their, um, own weight, you know, like there, there are reasons to watch both of those. I think it's sort of like there's an uncanny, uncanny valley between the two where you're like, uh, you know, it's not effective and it's not funny. And so like, what, what is it even doing here? Um, yeah, absolutely. And what, <laughs> What um, Tamara's probably watching me like, why is she on her phone? We're in the middle of an episode. It's because <laughs> I just recently had, and I wanted to make sure that I got her handle right. So really good, really good friend of, of ours and friend of the show, uh, Kim, her handle on uh, Twitter now is at Miss Serling, mm -hmm. as in, as in Rod. Um as in Twilight Zone, I should say. Because oh, yeah. we don't okay. need to subjugate the female to the male. She is Miss Serling, and she stands <laughs> strongly on her own. Um, but we were we had this conversation just briefly about gore recently. Mm -hmm. um, I, oh, she and I just watched, I'm digressing a little bit, but it relates to gore. Um, we just recently like did our own little live watch of the queen of black magic which is like this indonesian horror film from the 70s which was like phenomenal um there's a remake or a reimagining uh, that's a shutter original but this one was from the 70s the gore is crazy the effects are crazy there's like a floating decapitated head that attacks people oh and um between the two films because we were deciding which one to watch and i was I said, oh, can we please watch the one from the 70s? Like, I'm really digging the gore. Mm -hmm. I never would have said that before. <laughs> and I've kind of, like, come to gore, like, a little bit later um, in life. And, um, and, uh, as one does. We, as, as one matures. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, and I remember Kim saying that, you know, like, she was more drawn to it when she was younger. Um, so I kind of feel like it's a little, for me, it's a little bit flipped and the gore, the gore that I did kind of get into, um, from the beginning, especially when I discovered Italian horror, that's mm -hmm. a more stylized gore. I mean, mm -hmm. it's gore, but it's like, it's gore with like amazing production value. <laughs> you it's know? artful gore. Yes, it is artful <laughs> gore. Um, elevated. It's elevated. Oh, nobody, yes, nobody yes, yes. That. We don't, we don't because of that. the subtitles, it actually has to yeah. be elevated so that you can read the subtitle. You can still see it over the... <laughs> I love, exactly. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm not sure where where we got on the gore tangent. Um, but, um, yeah, the different ways that it can, that it can be presented. And she... Lady Shasha would have, uh, would, <laughs> would have, in her already long horror career, you know, clearly taken a tour through, like, all the different kinds of gore, all the different kinds of horror, and clearly with an appreciation for, for all of it. Yeah. For all of it. Yeah. I'd love to talk to her more, about, and I will, I'll, I'll have to ask her and, and see if we can put this in some tweets. Are there certain things that she leans more toward? I mean, mm -hmm. if she had to pick kind of a favorite 
subgenre, what would it be? Um, I can I can ask her that. I'd be I'd be interested to know. It sounds like um, a perfect uh, guest for an upcoming interview series. Definitely, because we here at Dear Final Girl uh, are are thinking about incorporating interviews, like live interviews. Yep. Well, they're live when they happen, but then obviously. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Live and unscripted. Um, yeah. So I, uh, one, um, one moment for representation, I love that um, Lady Shasha is uh, having this little, uh, not little, this moment um, where she's able to um, showcase, you know, her long history of, um, and her lineage, you know, um, but also, you know, she's been working really hard out there um, on what, what, what did I just watch? Uh, her yeah. YouTube channel. Um, and I think that that's something that I find really fascinating lately, um, especially within um, the horror community is the um, promotion of both, as she said, women, women of color, people of color um, it, within the horror community. I think that it's, um, it's, exciting to see because like diversity just makes things better diversity just makes things like there's more ideas more perspectives and like things grow and so i don't know i i just i'm really excited for the work that she's doing um and really happy that we got to hear her story and share her story yeah, me too, because I think that, you know, horror has been, you know, has been a tough place for women, um, you know, doubly so for people of color, for women of color. Mm -hmm. I would be really interested to know, like, how does, how do the demographics break down now? Like, if you looked at Twitter... <clears throat> Engage like horror communities on Twitter, Facebook, and you looked at the you know the demographics of, of participation. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in terms of men and women, are we are we breaking pretty even these days? I don't know. Like, I almost I almost want to do like a little, you know, kind of uh, ground, you know, grass grassroots little research study or something. I don't know, but yeah, get out your spreadsheets, clickety clack. I don't know uh, if you can hear my. Oh, I love yeah. spread. I've I've come to love spreadsheets now that I'm not teaching. But I, I think that's interesting. Uh, I and Twitter is a hard, is a difficult place to understand that though for a couple of reasons. Um, you have to know all of the hashtags, but also, like, I read a lot more on Twitter and react to stories and to tweets a lot more than I tweet myself. And so I think that <laughs> cat sighting, uh, Lori's cat just walked behind her head. Um, 
Uh, I think that um, sometimes voices get silenced just because, you know, people are afraid of sticking their neck out. Um, you know, within the horror community, there have been uh, instances of bullying and people not being very nice. And, you know, for that reason, also because I'm just a, like, you know, I second guess everything that I type. Um, <laughs> I don't share a lot on Twitter. Um, and so uh, I, I think that it it's difficult to understand what the viewing community is and the appreciate appreciation community versus the uh, talks about it, which is, I mean, another reason why Lady Shasha is so great because she's like, I'm going to talk about it. Let me share with you my knowledge. Let me, you know, you know, listen to what I have to say because you know she's got a lot to say. So and yeah. things that people want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. She does have a lot to say, and I think that, you know, I, I bullying bullying is is a thing in this community. Um, uh, not it's not not limited to to race or ethnicity. There's no. bullying around um, around sexual orientation. Yeah. Um, just basically anything. Basically, there's bullying around like if you like a movie or don't like a movie. <laughs> um, and Which, I think, you know, it's so unfortunate because I think that we horror fans, you know, we, we lived in the shadows <laughs> for so long. <laughs> and now like, I mean, I'm not saying that we're, we're all this way. I'll just speak for myself, but like weird introverted, you know, kind of, kind of loving and appreciating horror on your own. And then finding a community, like it's a community of a lot of people who are um, who are introverted, and it's like you feel the safety to like come out and and make your love of horror more public and more communal, and it's just a shame um, that there's so much there's so much crap out there. I mean, I know this is easier said than done, but literally, I mean, I cannot think of better advice than like just do just don't don't pay attention to it. Don't right. pay attention to it. Don't, don't get wrapped up in it. Don't respond. Don't get yourself entangled. Just this universe is infinite and our time here is very short and we <laughs> do not have to spend it. Um, like dealing with people who are going to like try to tear us down. So. Yeah. One of the, one of the best things that I have ever done is muted some people. And it was like, oh, you know, because then it just doesn't come across your feet. And I think that, I think that it's not just the horror community, obviously. Like this is, this is a rampant problem throughout the internet. And, um, you know, not just Twitter, <laughs> Uh, but I think that our, um, you know, let's just spread more love 
and, you know, celebrate new things. And, you know, if somebody wants to come after me for saying, let's be, let's love people more, fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that on. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, to, to close, to close, <laughs> yeah. I would say, I would say if I could go back in time, then, um, and if I could, you know, travel to different points in time. If I could turn back time. This is the second episode where you have sung, and I'm making note of it every time. <laughs> I'm putting it in the tweet, so just keep it coming. Well, how was my share? Did you did you enjoy it? <laughs> I, I did, personally, and well, I, I hope that everybody else did, too. Um, but I want to go back in time. Um, I want to be invited to a slumber party at, you know, adolescent Lady Shasha's house so we can be watching. Okay, wait. Um, you want to go back to when you were a child? I'm time traveling. It the suspension of disbelief. Okay, 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 okay. Um, let, me, let, me, let me spin my tail. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'm I want just... to go back in time okay. <laughs> so that Lady Shasha and I uh, can have a slumber party and we can watch horror movies from that TV in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. I want to go to um, Hartford Drive-In with her. Mm -hmm. um, Which is I actually... I want to in... go to <laughs> Showcase Cinemas East. Yes. Where she, and also um, Real Art Ways, where she worked as a hip 90s college student. Hell yeah. I would love to go back and have these experiences with her, but we kind of got to, right? Because we got her amazing story. Right, right. Uh, I mean, gosh. If the world of Ready Player One were real and you could just you know build online worlds that you could go live in i think that that um bedroom you know being a kid with your own tv with the full cable hookup and hbo <laughs> and like do 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 by the way it was actually my hope that we would sing the hbo theme and it just happened organically <laughs> yeah you uh, like usually if you're like so can we talk about this thing i just kind of like wait for you to bring it up but <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad that you didn't do that because i probably would have opened the episode Lady Shasha, thank you so much for your fantastic origin story. Um, yes. We have, coming up in February, we have another letter. Uh, we have um, lots of things planned for March. Um, we have, and we'd absolutely love to hear from you. We want to hear your origin stories. We want to hear um, your letters. What's going on with you? How can we help? 
So email us at dearfinalgirl at gmail.com or DM us or tweet at us at finaldear on Twitter. And I don't know. Thank you, Lady Shawshog, um, at Horror Freak and on Twitter, and What Did I Just Watch on YouTube. Um, yep, and to paraphrase her grandfather, this was a dang good episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This episode had everything. Everything. <laughs> so thanks for joining us again, everybody. Uh, stay safe out there, and until next time. We'll see ya. Bye. Okay, bye. Tune in next time for another origin story from your horror community. Till next time, this is Dear Final Girl. Remember, stay alive out there.